the Bavada at Odds podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us, we'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by a very happy Anshu Khanna. Well, maybe you're not happy always, but I think you are... Especially happy this week as we look toward the NFL playoffs and your Green Bay Packers are one of the few teams that made the playoffs but don't have to play on Wild Card Weekend, aren't you? Seven teams on each side, six games this weekend, a lot of playoff football. How you feeling, my friend, as we record here on Wednesday? I'm good. I'm happy because I get to talk to you, my friend. Um, but yeah, no, the Packers are the one seed in the NFC, which you know at the outset of the season probably wasn't something many people thought might happen. Um, despite their record last year. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's exciting because of the way they look, you know, it's one thing they have the one seed and it's another to like, to be as dominant as they've been. So I'm, I'm very excited. And, you know, I have great memories of this weekend. If you think about the last two years, we've had some, some big, uh, some big weddings during this weekend. So a lot of fond memories of uh, of wild card weekend for me for reasons beyond just the football on the field. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. They had the game on there in Mexico. I know you know half the people over at the wedding were on the dance floor. Half the people were watching the the Ravens get beat by the Titans, which my best man and brother was a big obviously a big Titans fan. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, wild card weekend's always a good time. It's it's fun that they've structured it this way because of COVID. And I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL keeps this expansion. Uh, mm-hmm. going forward. But I guess that, that remains to be seen either way should be fun. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, what a season he put together. You know, I, I just, I assume he's going to win the MVP by uh, a pretty significant margin. And he, he put his stamp on the season there against the bears, against their rival on the road, just did exactly what you would hope an MVP caliber player can do to, to tie up and, and lock down that number one seed. And I think solidify himself as the MVP of the league. And obviously I had the foresight with that uh, is I drafted him after Carson <laughs> Wentz right. in our, in our fantasy draft. So I just knew that he was going to be MVP caliber. You were just playing the long game with Jalen Hurts, man. That's galaxy brain. You just knew that you were going to be able to get both. So yeah, that, um, that sure paid off. <laughs> Hey, I mean, that's, oh man, we, we should talk about that whole situation too with the Eagles, but I, you know, I, I love this new format. Obviously you're right. Aaron Rodgers, like who knows if we'll ever see a season like this out of him again, obviously he's, he's getting up there and, you know, so much has to align for you to have the efficiency that he had this year, but it's been a blast every single week, even without really weapons all around him and with or without Adams, it's, 
it's been a it's been really really fun watching him. So I, I hope he stays in Green Bay for at least a few more years. But even if he doesn't, this has been a great final salvo. But what were, what were your thoughts on the Jalen Hurts thing, man? Like you know that the tanking really came to the forefront this week. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely worth talking about. I mean, we'll get to all the lines from this weekend, and BovadaSportsbook.com, as usual, will bring us those lines. But I I was surprised that that the the Eagles just kind of rolled over. I, I mean. I don't, I don't, it doesn't, it, it's not like Jalen Hurts was, he, I know he made a couple bad plays, uh, you know, you had a bad throw there, down there in the red zone, but I just, I don't, I don't get the, the move, and obviously it's being scrutinized by every other team in the division, and really a lot of people across the NFL, it's just, you know, you, you play to win football games, you coach to win football games in Doug Peterson's uh, scenario, and I just, I don't get how, you get away with something like that in the NFL on a game that, that means something in the playoff picture as well. I get giants fans being pissed off. I don't get them. You know, you, you need to look in the mirror. You, you won six games. You shouldn't be in the playoffs regardless, but it is frustrating yeah, knowing how it happened. But yeah, I, I don't, to me, it's like, all right, I don't, I don't feel bad for the giants. You, you, you didn't play well the majority of the season. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs regardless but yeah, for Philadelphia, it's just a, it's truly an embarrassment. Uh, it's an embarrassment that something like that can happen in the league, much like what's going on in the world today, happening in the in the world. Oh like, it's, it's like what, what it's, it's like a, the, the shit show of shit shows. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't get it. Really it. It's idiocracy. Yeah, no, it's it's like I, I I the first person I thought of when that was happening was you for obvious reasons. But like you know the. I I completely agree that the Giants have no standing here. You know, like, don't, dude, win more than six games. Like, you have no reason to complain about anything. Get your stuff done, and then it doesn't matter. I think it's more just, like, the responsibility Doug Peterson and that organization have to their players and, like, the amount of veterans that are on that team and that allegedly were very upset with this after the game. I mean, not allegedly. Miles Sanders said, like, the locker room was pissed. People were like, people were like, had to be held back from what I understand from, from physically getting in an altercation with Doug Peterson. I mean, that's like, I don't know how you, how that guy's still coaching there because of that. I, and I, well, because of that and the way he handled the quarterback position all season, like to to have Jalen Hurts play as well as he does. And then you not being willing to name a starter until midweek, like to have Carson Wentz be as bad as he was and that offensive line be as bad. Like he just mismanaged the entire season. That team even with all the injuries, like up until late in the season, we're in the playoff conversation. Obviously, it's because of the division that they're in. Yeah, yeah, like, but, but, you know, just thinking about like, it, it, you're like three weeks prior uh, of benching Carson Wentz away from potentially making the playoffs, and that's all because of him and no one yeah. else. Yeah, no, it's it's totally true, and it's funny because we're talking about a guy in Peterson who I think professes to 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 be a player's coach. You know, like to be this this great schemer and great locker room guy and to just be so incredibly tone deaf with his roster was, you know, it was really surprising to me, honestly. And so I, you know, that to, to have that all come to a head and then still have him have that job at the end of the season is crazy to me that, that he was assured of it before week 17. And then he brazenly goes and does this and, you know, part of his rationale allegedly was like, Oh, Nate Sudfeld's been like this, you know, man's man over these years and, you know, been, Who cares? Been a good soldier. It doesn't yeah, matter. So well, like it's a reward. No, dude, that is not a reward. He got his ass beat up. It like, it was an, imagine being Nate Sudfeld or his family. You are literally like 
a punchline. I mean, you are a human punching bag in this whole situation. At the end of it, like people just assume you're basically the victory cigar, you know? And so I don't know. That's, I mean, that's an embarrassment more than like an honor for him. I feel like at the end of the day, I, I just, I don't get what was going on there, but um, it, it did. I will say it changed my perspective a bit on banking just in terms of like, you can't do it like that. You know, no. that was like, that was a truly like, there was no pride in that performance in any way at all. Yeah. And just like, especially when you think about like the future for the organization, right? Like, are you, are you doing this so that there's doubt about whether or not Jalen Hurts is your guy in the future so that you can try to keep Carson Wentz, who you obviously have a, a, a good relationship with. And now Carson Wentz backpedaling about saying he wants to be traded and saying, hopefully they, they the, the relationship doesn't end in divorce. Like, are you going to muddy the waters this much after what we saw out of Jalen Hurts in a rookie season behind a terrible offensive line? Like, he was a spark for this team. There's no denying that. So I just no question. I don't. I don't see how you don't ride that. Ride that out to the finish. Go into the off season with that question mark completely taken off the table, and have a clear vision for where you want your franchise to go. Move on from Carson Wentz. Have him go to Indianapolis. He's not like he can get Indianapolis to the playoffs just like Philip Rivers did. But he's not the franchise quarterback for Philadelphia. I don't care what they do. He's not the franchise quarterback for Philly anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I think the damage is done for sure. Like, I just don't know how you backtrack from that, which it doesn't even matter who's left in the locker room. I mean, just that that relationship between Wentz and Peterson has to be forever irreparable, you know? Like, it, it, that's, that's like, how do you look that guy in the face on either side? I mean, Peterson did the right thing ultimately by starting Hurts. But, you know, if you're Wentz, you're thinking, I'm the number two pick. I got this big, big extension, like, I'm supposed to be the franchise guy. And so, you know, on both ends, it just doesn't make sense. And so maybe they're preserving their leverage or whatever for a trade. I don't know. But I, there is, to me, no chance you can bring him back into that locker room going forward. Agreed. All right. Well, we spent enough time on the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's talk about the yeah. teams that are playing this weekend. And we'll start with Saturday afternoon football with the Colts and the Bills. I I mean, the Colts were just so inconsistent this year, and the Bills seem to be turning things on at the right time. I think the Bills cover the hell out of this seven-point spread on Bovada. 51's the over-under. I, the way the Bills have been playing, I, I like the over here. But playoffs change things. You remember a year ago, I think we were watching this game together when the, 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 the Texans, yes. <laughs> the Texans-Bills game where the Bills were up 16. This game ends up going into overtime. The Bills really kind of choke this one away. I have to believe Josh Allen has that in the top of his mind going into these playoff these playoffs this year. Yeah, I I think it's it's really good to keep in mind what happened last year with this team and really across the board. But, you know, it'd be one thing if they came rolling into the playoffs and Allen was just, you know, white hot and, and you know, and they just couldn't be beat, kind of similar to Lamar Jackson last year. That's not what this is. Josh Allen embarrassed himself last year in the playoffs. I mean, he single-handedly basically threw that game away and you're right. That game was just crazy. And, and, you know, I thought that was going to be basically a death knell for Allen's career. Like he has totally changed the narrative in my mind this year, 13 and three, the bills, like they should absolutely have a buy right now in any other season they would. Um, instead, they've got to play a pretty, you know, not an easy opponent, but you know, the way I like, I'm with you. I, I don't see the Colts being able to cover here. I just think that the, the bills are, way too electric in their past game and the Colts like I think you brought this up last week but what do they do well 
Like, what are they good at? Like, do they hang their head on defense? They get lit up by – they've gotten beat multiple times in the air and on the ground. And, you know, what do they – so they ran awesome, awesomely well last week with Jonathan Taylor. But, like, are they are they going to be able to recreate that against, you know, a Bills team that's going to be passing a lot? I just don't see it. So, I'm I'm with you. I think the Bills – I think this is going to be a blowout to open up uh, the football weekend. Any comments on Philip Rivers? Because it sounds like this could be it if this is his last uh, hurrah. Well, you, I mean, you brought up Wentz, and obviously, as a history with Frank Reich, I, I, that would be a perfect fit. It wouldn't shock me if they went down the Sam Darnold road either. But to me, you know, the writing's been on the wall with Rivers all year, and like they've been putting Brissett in at key moments, and I know mostly that's just to like give this illusion of running the ball, but he can only he, he can also actually drive the ball down the field. And Rivers really can't. So I I would be sh- very surprised if we don't have a new quarterback for the Colts next year. What if they win this game? Do you think that changes anything for Phillip Rivers? I, he's been a guy that I just – I'm surprised he's still playing. And just watching – you know, I, this is – the perfect way for Phillip Rivers to go out is to lose the first round of the playoffs, right? <laughs> or like, yeah, just not make the Super Bowl yet again. I mean, he – you know, 4,169 yards this year is – is pretty good for a guy his age, but you know, it's also a new NFL. So yeah, I mean, it's, I guess if you win this and then I, they would have to play the chiefs the next round. If you, if you win and then get absolutely rolled by the chiefs, is that really reason to come back? Maybe if they play well next weekend, but I doubt it. I just, I don't think that that's, I don't think he's coming back. Agreed. All right, let's move on to Los Angeles Rams Seahawks. Are we are we for sure getting Jared Goff back? What did you think of what the Rams did a week ago against Arizona? I mean, they really, for the most part, controlled that game. I know Arizona jumped out to an early lead, but the Rams with John Wolford, I mean, that game kind of ended up being kind of a joke uh, with the two quarterbacks that were playing for playoff for a playoff berth. Yeah. We did see Kyler come back in, and they just kind of mailed it in, too. I don't know what to make of what Arizona's effort was in that game, but Seattle... Uh, they toughed out a win uh, against San Francisco in a game that was back and forth there for a bit. But Seahawks come in as home favorites, which you would expect for the Seahawks, uh, even though we don't won't have that that raucous crowd we usually see there as the twelfth man. But uh, they do come in as three and a half point favorites and a low number here, forty two and a half. Uh, these teams not known for their defense. I'm a little surprised by forty two and a half being the number. I would probably lean toward the over here, but I think the Seahawks take care of business regardless of whether or not Goff's in there. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think that Goff could be active, but it wouldn't surprise me if he either gets benched or he doesn't start because, you know, Wolford looked okay. Like, he wasn't good, but Goff was so bad, again, a couple weeks ago. And even before that, he had just been trending so down. And I think this is, like, you know, they're just – the fact that they won last week without him and Cup is – and Akers, too, I believe. Like, that's that's pretty impressive to me. So, I, I don't know. I think that the, the Rams – Acres Acres played last week because uh, oh, he, 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 he had a Acres had a fumble at the one yard line when they were going oh into score. God. That's right. That's right. Sorry. One of the I think it was Henderson after the week that he was that he yes. did. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, so I don't. I could see the Rams keeping it close. I understand why this number is low, honestly, because the Seahawks defense has been playing better and their offense has been so much worse. Like you know, and you you alluded to it, but the Seahawks easily could have, maybe should have lost to the Niners. I mean, that's for a team that had absolutely nothing to play for with their third string quarterback. That's that's not the kind of momentum you want to have going in going forward. But, you know, I I think you have to pick Russell Wilson in this one just because he's going to be 
so obviously the best quarterback on the field. Um, but I, I'm not, I, this is not the Seahawks of even last year who got beat by the Packers. Like I, I don't, I don't see much in this game. And it's crazy because mid season, I would have said this could have been an NFC title game preview, but DC teams are not what they were. Yeah. It's crazy to see the Seahawks inconsistencies after starting out of the, out of the gate so hot. You think about, you know, all the talk of Russell Wilson being like a lock for MVP early on. Mm-hmm. And then that just talk fizzled out so quickly. Do either of these teams scare you as a Packers fan? If you have to face them in the playoffs? No. They don't. I mean, that probably sounds a little cocky. There are teams that scare me. Neither of these two do. I mean, I just, the Seahawks are not what they were. And the Rams are like, I I think they know that they're not really what they were either. Like it does help that they have cut back. And I would say they scare me slightly more just because of McVay's history with LaFleur. And then you're kind of like, all right, maybe, maybe there's something there that he'll have as like a, you know, a chip over him or whatever. But I I don't know. I, I think that, I yeah, the Rams scare me more, but I think the Seahawks are the better team heads up. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, I think that's kind of I, where I land with it. Uh, I, I don't know. I just these two teams. Yeah, you you nailed it. Midway through the season, they looked a lot different. I don't I don't foresee either one of them going too far. But with that being said, they they have the talent to turn it on. So True. playmakers make True. a difference in the playoffs, and the Rams on the defensive side of the ball and the Seahawks on the offensive side of the ball have those playmakers. So we'll see. Maybe they'll prove mm-hmm. us wrong. I think this team, the Buccaneers, uh, obviously maybe one of the ones that, that would scare you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Going, and just because of what happened earlier, I know it was early in the season. I know it was fluky, uh, but they are playing good football right now. Don't know if we'll see Mike Evans with the hyperextended knee. Uh, I know he broke the record right before uh, he went down with that knee injury, and it didn't end up being as serious as a lot of people were scared for. Uh, but they, they take on the Washington football team on the road, and they're road favorites in a big way. Bovada has them at eight and a half. 45 is the over-under here. It's just, you know, I know we saw Chase Young say, I want Tom. It's like, how many times have we seen this? Like, you know, people, they think they're ready for that moment, and then and then Tom Brady plays you in the playoffs. I I don't want that narrative to be true. And as much as I love seeing the Bucks in the playoffs for the first time in like a million years, uh, I just, I, I, I don't see Washington being a threat to them in any way. And the Buccaneers, if they win this and they win it in a significant fashion, they're they're going to be talked about as to how far they can go in these playoffs. For sure. I mean, how do you not with Brady? Like, I I totally understand it. And oh man, I just this is this is going to be tough because I like I think that I I want to pick Washington honestly, like to cover to cover the spread because of the way that they're built is such a classic. You know, it's the Most kryptonite boring. for Brady. Yeah. You get the the front, and you've got you know, a veteran quarterback on the other side and a team that likes to run and take the ball out of his hands and the weather's probably not going to be great in Washington. So, you know, that's not ideal, but it's not going to be that bad. It looks like it's going to be like mid forties and this Washington team just sucks. Like they are, they were just, they almost lost to Jalen Hurst going what seven for 20 throughout that game and probably could have and should have lost. Offensively, and they're a joke. They should, they're a, a team with that bad of an offense shouldn't be in the playoffs. I mean, the bears are kind of, we'll get to it. They, their offense is, I would not. I would say not much better with Trubisky, but at least they have Allen Robinson and David Montgomery's turned it on. Like the 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 Washington has Terry McLaurin, and their quarterback situation has been just gross this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're they're they were already like not great, but they're also so banged up too. You know, like yep. Gibson's so hurt, and McLaurin is clearly hobbled, and 
Alex Smith can't even plant and throw. And that, like, even if those three guys are healthy, this line is probably five or whatever, right? So I don't know. I mean, I, I Logan Thomas to, has been a revelation. He's insane, though. man. Yeah, that's that's a guy that like you know without it, it seems like Devin White's going to be out for Tampa with COVID. That's a guy that could have a big game, like especially if you're in DFS. And but and you know especially with Alex Smith loving to check down. But they just have such few weapons. Otherwise, I like I just don't see it unless the weather's really bad and you know and they're just able to kind of like control the game and turn Brady over a few times. I just the Tampa's just playing way too well. And we'll talk about it if they end up going to Green Bay. I think that's that's a really tough matchup for the Packers. Clearly, the worst one they could have. But you know, the, for what it is right now, I mean, I, I just don't know how you can pick Washington. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't hate the cover call, though. I mean, mm-hmm. eight and a half is a lot of points on the road in, you know, potentially not the best weather like you talked about. And, uh, I, you know, Tom Brady's he's looked better and better these last few weeks, but he's had moments this season where he hasn't. And we've, we've certainly talked about it when it's happened. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Two, I think two, they can cover, too. We see it every year. You know, we've seen, like, the worst, clearly the worst team in the playoffs getting that divisional home game and then, you know, making it interesting. Little, yeah. Making it interesting or winning outright, but no crowd. I mean, I think a lot of those factors get mitigated this year, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a dangerous uh, Tampa Bay team. But I, 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 I obviously we'll talk about it if it comes up. But I, I, I just think the Packers are too good, and they, they, they just they, they have so many different ways they can beat you. But all right, let's let, so. let's go to Sunday. Uh, we've got a big rematch here in Game One, uh, the early game, Baltimore at Tennessee. Uh, Baltimore on the road favorites again. We've, this is a uh, two road favorites this weekend. Uh, obviously, Baltimore three point favorites. Tennessee beating them a year ago. Big number at fifty five. The run game versus the run game. I mean, these are probably the two best run games in the NFL, maybe outside mm. of Cleveland as well. But this this matchup's fun. I just don't think this is the same Titans team, especially on the defensive side of the ball that we saw a year ago. And I don't know if they can keep up with Lamar Jackson the way he's burning right now. Yeah, man. I mean, you saw Lamar Jackson last week. And, you know, both these teams had games that they should obviously win late in the season with everything to play for and their opponents having very little to play for on the other side. And the Titans doinked one in to win it, you know, and the, the you know, Ravens ran all over a Bengals team that's, again, trying pretty hard. So, didn't look I like it. The, <laughs> that was so bad. That was I one of the worst offensive Ravens, performances I've ever seen out of an NFL well, team. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Allen is horrible. But that's another thing. Easy, you know, that like, was a that was the reigning AFC error, whatever player of the week, FedEx errors. I didn't say is terrible. Just was terrible. Oh, that's that that's certainly think, fair. <laughs> it is is like, would have been know, fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have corrected myself, but. The Ravens' defense is starting to play a little bit better. And, you know, we've been talking about this for probably three weeks, maybe a month. Like, ever since that Cleveland game, I think this Ravens team is really getting in a vibe. You know, they've just – they've. this is what I was going to get to with Josh Allen. Like, this is a team that was really feeling itself, I felt like, last year. And they go in the playoffs and they get knocked off by, you know, a Titans team that was actually good and wasn't feeling itself. It just was good. And I think that this year – not that the tables have turned, but the Ravens have, I think, learned from that loss. And and I think that they will be extremely motivated for this game, not just because it's the Titans, but because, you know, they feel like they had, in my mind, unfinished business last year. And they're just a good team. Like, they're, they're very well-rounded. And all the stuff that they were so bad at earlier this year, like not committing to J.K. Dobbins and Marquise Brown not being able to catch a ball and, 
you know, their defense not necessarily playing up to its level and being really unhealthy. Like all those things are kind of coming together at the right time for them. And I, I just, if I'm the chiefs, this is, again, this is the team I just do not want to see in any way. And it's looking right now, like it's lining up for that to happen, which would be a pretty electric second round matchup. But um, unfortunately for DJ, I, I, uh, I don't like the Titans chances in this game at all. Me neither. I think the Ravens win this one by 10. I, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't see the, I mean, I think the Titans will be able to run the ball. So yeah, they do have the great equalizer they, in Henry for sure. But that defense cannot stop anybody on third down. And honestly, watching Lamar Jackson against the Bengals, like the Bengals defense figured him out, at least mm-hmm. running, running the football the first time around this yep. next, this, this, this last game, they, the, the defense would, they would force them to third down and long multiple times. And Lamar Jackson would sit in the pocket for five se- seconds or longer. And then he would just, he would roll out and he would pick up the first down. Like it was nothing. And it was like, he was yeah. just ripping off 10 yard runs. That's the Titans issue is third down mm-hmm. defense. They're the worst in the NFL at it. They're not going to be able to stop Lamar Jackson on third down. So they're, I they're, think... they're, they're in trouble if they put themselves in the same type of predicament they've been doing in a lot of their losses this year. For sure. And I mean, we know that this Titans team can score and they can. Okay, last year, that was a big difference. So their defense can turn you over. They can make big stops. They're really gritty defensively. I felt like this year they're you're right. They're just they're terrible. I mean, they are like Swiss cheese. And I I, I think I feel most confident about this spread of any, if I had to guess. And I hate to say that for DJ, but I and I, I love the game. I think it's going to be fun. I think the Titans will find ways to score. But to your point, like, I just can't, in my mind, I'm just seeing, like, Lamar Jackson picking up first down after first down after first down against this team. Yep, I agree. All right, from the tightest spread of the weekend to the largest spread of the weekend, this Chicago at New Orleans. I mean, I, oh can't, believe, I can't believe we're talking about <laughs> Chicago as the wild card team after what we saw midseason from this this organization mm-hmm. and this team. It's sure. just I, I was talking to a Bears fan today. Uh, it, you have to apologies. You have to be happy that you made the playoffs, but you have to understand that this is a formality. Like, yeah, they the, Mitch Trubisky's the quarterback of this team. You're probably not going to resign Allen Robinson, even though he's your best player this offseason. David Montgomery was was excellent second half of the year. The defense is okay. I, Drew Brees not playing well is really your only hope here as 10-point underdogs mm-hmm. on the road here on Bovada. I completely, I mean, you nailed it. Like, I think that you need to have Breeze not, or Breeze play the way he was playing a few weeks ago. And by the way, he's quietly gotten better. Um, and, you know, and you need Kamara to not play it, I think. And it, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't. Like, the NFL did New Orleans a big time solid putting this game on Sunday instead of Saturday. And, you know, it, I think that's fair. You know, you don't want to beat a team with guys out if they don't deserve to be out, you know. And so, I don't know, like, if he's healthy – like, how do you I, how do you see the Bears possibly winning this? Like, I think that, you know, the Packers made their defense look a lot worse than it probably is. So maybe they could do better against against the Saints team, you know, with a, a quarterback that doesn't have the arm of Rodgers at this stage of his career. But man, like even if Breeze isn't playing well, you've still got you still got stuff you could do with Taysom Hill. You've still got Alvin Kamara. You've still got, you know, Michael Thomas is as healthy as he's been all season. I just, man, I, I, I think the Bears can cover that. Those, that, that's a huge number, but I could also see it being like a forty-one to ten game. Yeah, I, I just, 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't get this. This Bears team is a playoff team. Uh, the NFC was kind of a joke uh, at, at the, the bottom. End. At the bottom, what you know, happened to the Cardinals, man? They, they just fell apart. They fell yeah. apart, and and I think a lot of that falls on Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, obviously, I agree. Obviously, Kyler Murray had his moments where he, you know, was the hero in games, and he had his moments where he wasn't. And I, I as a DeAndre Hopkins owner in in two leagues this year, I watched a ton of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and I feel like Kyler Murray did not do a good enough job of, of making sure that his best playmaker was involved. And I, I, I mean, yeah. I could say that selfishly, but there were way too many games where DeAndre Hopkins was a non-factor. I mean, he still went for like 1,400 yards, but you're right. Because he had like, those huge games where he had he 11 or 12 those. catches and, and 140 yards, but he had way too many games where he had three or – even in the games where he would have three or four catches, five catches for like 40 yards. And it's like we that's – yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he should be doing. We had a, a spirited debate, I would say, probably the last time we hung out, and that was, you know, is is Hopkins like the best receiver? And I, I like talent wise, I it's hard to argue with that. But hands wise, worst, he is. At worst, he's in the. He's definitely like you can't argue against it. You know, at worst, he's in that top two or three. And either way, the point is like he should be hanging the numbers that Adams is doing. Like. If Aaron Rodgers isn't above that, then Kyler Murray certainly shouldn't be above force feeding his number one receiver, you know? And, you know, I, I think that part of that fault goes to Cliff Kingsbury. I think a lot of it does fall on Kyler Murray. And ultimately, like, they, they got to find ways to generate the ball into his hands or at least run the offense through him. Because I think what you're driving at maybe isn't even necessarily the numbers that Hopkins didn't put up, but more like, you know, there's just a vibe about a team when you watch them play offensively and you can feel like the gravity of, of an offense going towards a certain player, whether it's a running back, receiver, a tight end. Like for me with the Chiefs, everything runs through Kelsey, you know, most games. And and for for the Cardinals, everything should run through Hopkins. And it felt almost like Hopkins was like a last ditch sort of piece for them instead of like everything should go through him and we should force feed him at times when things aren't going well. And clearly they needed, they needed that, you know, they, they weren't that great offensively all season to where they could just ignore having this amazing receiver at their disposal. Yeah. And I don't know if my read on it. Yeah. I I don't know if my read on it is correct, but I sensed frustration out of Hopkins often this year, like where Mm -hmm. like you'd have a third down and short and he'd be open and Kyler would try to run it with his tiny legs and he would, (laughs) he would, you know, get, get hit in the backfield and you could just see like Hopkins. And I know Hopkins, like he's, He's not really like a super emotional player on the field, I would say, but you you could see him hanging his head at times, and it's like, just dude, just throw me the ball. If I'm one on one, I'm I'm your best bet. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I think and, Kyler you know, trusts his, his, his legs too much. I was just gonna say, especially because like Kyler, it seems like a lot of times like Kyler was, you know, he was. It's not like he's posting his own stats, but he would just be so confident in himself and less confident in his arm and like yeah. in his receiver. And he, I mean, fair enough. You haven't ever had a guy like that, but like, dude, do you think after the Hail Mary and after 1400 yards, you would learn something from that? And I would guess that either they will start funneling the ball to Hopkins next year or Cliff Kingsbury is not going to be their coach after it. Yeah, I agree. And it's not like the Cardinals have this like ridiculous supporting cast aside from Hopkins and, and, and the, the Packers don't like the, right, they're about right. the same outside of, you know, that, that top receiver, maybe Tanyan's developed into a better tight end than what the Cardinals have. But like the 
Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald aren't like light years above the, you know, uh, Lizard and yeah, the, the MVS, the supporting cast that they have in green Bay. So I, I, mm. I just, yeah, it was frustrating to see that kind of fall apart, but we digress. Mm. Let's get to the last it'd game. It'd be a lot more fun. I'll just say it'd be a yeah. lot more fun with the Cardinals in the playoffs. You than know, the bears. Right now. Yes. And the bears. Exactly. hundred percent. Like, Everyone would want to see Cardinals Saints, but the Cardinals, you know, they did like at this point, it's hard to argue that they deserve to be here more than the Bears because they just totally went in the tank down the stretch and they, you know, they lost to teams that had nothing to play for. You would like to see the the last wild card team in win it, win week 17 when they have to, though. And <laughs> yeah. I know, I know you didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. Well, one team uh, that we'll finish out with did win that, that crucial game against you know, the backups of their rivals, Pittsburgh wanted to get the rest. They were comfortable knowing they had a home game the following week, so they rested a lot of their key defensive starters. They rested Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but they'll get a home matchup now against the same team they lost to a week ago, and it was close. Cleveland did not make it easy down the stretch. Uh, there was a moment there where Pittsburgh scored on fourth and ten, uh, where Claypool pulled in a nice grab, and then they, they go for two, and Mason – uh, Rudolph just—it was a horrible attempt for two there. I mean, it—he was bad at a lot in this game, a lot of bad throws. Um, but Pittsburgh's gonna have a different team out on the field, and obviously the line suggests they should win this one. Six points is the line on Bovada. Do you think Cleveland? I mean, obviously there's COVID issues now in the organization, like we've seen week after week. I don't know what it is about Ohio. Ohio State's had serious issues. The Browns have had issues with it. The Bengals have had a, a, a small, on a smaller pretty, scale some issues. Pretty but, good. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been better. But the Browns, I mean, they're, they're having this happen at the absolute worst, most inopportune time. Uh, I just don't – this is what I don't get. If if Kevin Stefanski, you know, whatever, whether it's contact tracing or he tests his positive test – posit, why don't you just put him up in a booth away from everybody yeah. else behind glass? Like why can't he coach the game? Why do we need them to – put in some, you know, assistant coach, like just coach it from the locker room if you have to in your office. I don't get that when you've got a play caller as your coach. Like you could easily still have him be their play caller. Don't, I mean, we've seen that. I, I remember uh, in Bobby Bowden's latest years at Florida State, like he could barely walk. This happened with Paterno too. Like Paterno, they, they yeah. were up in the booth coaching games. Mm-hmm. Paterno, didn't Paterno like break his leg when somebody ran yeah, him over on the Wisconsin. sidelines? And, and, and the next week he's up in the booth, probably in a, a cast that, yeah, I, I just, why can't <laughs> they do track. this in the NFL? Like, is it because they, they're the NFL and they want to prove a point and this is learn your lesson the hard way? Like, screw that. Yeah, no, it's, it's dumb. I mean, that, that's so stupid. You could literally put him in a bubble up there and he could do his job. And it's like, you know, it's the first playoff game for them in what, 20 years or whatever. Like, come on, man. I, I, that's a really good point. I like, I didn't really think about it too much, but that's, you know, I, like he is so important for them in my mind. Like he is, he is, we talk about Henry being an equalizer in that game. Like he's, he's a guy that I don't know, like he, he changes the dynamic. He clearly is like a settling sort of persona for Baker Mayfield. And I think without him there, I just, man, all bets are off for me. Uh, like I could see it going either way because, you know, it's it's really easy. Like you brought up the line. It's really easy to want to say the Steelers are not want to, but just assume that the Steelers are going to run a train on the Browns, you know. And But like the Steelers have played one good half in the last six weeks. <laughs> I mean, if they don't come back against the Colts, like they're they're you know, I don't think they're they're definitely not hosting this game. And I mean, who knows if they're even 
the, the Browns might be hosting it, obviously having won the division at that point. So I don't know, maybe Roethlisberger plays and they win then, but I, like the Steelers, there's no, like, I'm, I don't think there's any guarantee there that they're going to show up and play really well. It's more about, will the Browns come out and look really, really crappy, you know, without Stefanski and without, with all the guys that have missed time. So it's not just him, obviously Joel Batonio's out too for their offensive line. And, you know, they've had some other injuries. Olivier Vernon is out for the season, obviously, and, and most of next season. So I don't know. I Like, I think the Steelers are going to win, but I could see this being a really sloppy finish to the playoff weekend. I agree. I, I think it's going to be ugly, old-school AFC North football. You know, the Pittsburgh can't run the ball, and that's really Cleveland's M.O. So that mm-hmm. that part to me is interesting. It's mm-hmm. what what version of Ben Roethlisberger is going to show up because he's been really really bad at times this year. Yes, uh, I mean really bad, like as bad as we saw to Mason Rudolph. Like he could be that bad. And Baker's I mean, been Mason bad Rudolph's at stats times. Weren't too. even that bad. His stats you know? weren't bad, but he had some throws that were laughable. <laughs> oh yeah, I, he's terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm willing to. I know that's your boy. Fly the L on that one. <laughs> God, I. Uh, but you know, it's. I think that's one of those, yeah, like statistically, if he has a game like that, they probably win, though, is what I'm saying. That was like the battle of the most punchable faces at quarterback of all time. (laughs) Baker versus Mason. Oh, my God. And also like the worst first names of all time. (laughs) Baker and Mason. It's like lacrosse. Yeah, I know. This is so absurd. I yeah no, but do, what do you think? What do you think happens here? Do you think the Steelers run away with that? No, it, it I don't think they run away with it. I think the Browns cover. I think this comes down to a uh-huh. field goal, and I, I think Pittsburgh pulls it off. But I, I think Cleveland makes it interesting, and I think that they establish the run game because Pittsburgh's defense, without Bud Dupree, I've been saying it. I, I just mm-hmm. I think they're a different defense, and obviously you know T.J. Watt is is still a, a force to be reckoned with. He'll be back out there this game after not playing a week ago. Um, you know, they, they still have pieces on defense, but I think it's going to come down to, to Pittsburgh's secondary, uh, and they've been playing better football um, of late. Obviously, they've had some some games where they, they, like you mentioned, the Colts game where they had to peel their way back in it. Their secondary made some big plays, turned the ball over, uh, and I think they can do that against Baker Mayfield. The pressure of playing in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, with, with so much on, on his shoulders uh, for Baker Mayfield, I just don't know if... I just don't know if he's there yet. I mean, he's proven me wrong a couple times this year where he's looked really, really good. I just think he's still prone to mistakes uh, in a way that uh, in a big moment, I feel like even though Roethlisberger's made a lot of those mistakes, in a big moment, I think he'll make less of them than Baker. Oof, baby. Yeah, probably. It's Roethlisberger, every game that I've seen him, it's either, it goes one way or the other. Like, And you can tell pretty early on. The Colts game is the one exception. But, you know, before that Colts... Before that Colts game, his previous four games, he had thrown two, six touchdowns and five interceptions for an average of like 230 yards. So he's not, and those aren't, I don't know, he played, you know, like he's, he didn't play a bunch of playoffs teams necessarily. So I don't know. I think that I could see that going either way. What I'm, I'm interested. So we went through that. We pretty much had all the, all the favorites. Who do you think has the best chance of the underdogs of pulling this off? Outright we'll win, yeah. Browns. I guess I would say Rams, Browns right? or Rams. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think the tight. I think the Titans line is actually unfair. Like I think that should be like five and a half uh, for the Ravens' mm-hmm. way. I just, I, I would love to see it be as close as three. I just, I think the Ravens are a much better team. The Washington line, I, I think, is about right. The Bills, 
are just so hot right now, but the Colts are a team that they, you know, they surprise you and win games they shouldn't. So maybe, but yeah, I think, I think it's pretty clearly the Rams or the Browns. And I think if, if Jared Goff plays and he doesn't play like an idiot, like he's played at times this year, I mean, he's, (laughs) he's been so good at times and so bad at times. He's just, he's like a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback. And obviously both the Steelers and Browns quarterbacks are at times as well. So that's the thing. I mean, if if you get good quarterback play or your quarterback plays, uh, you know, relatively well, the the Browns or the Rams could easily win those two games, uh, especially with the Seahawks secondary. But but with saying that, like Jared Goff played against the Seahawks secondary twice this year and didn't look great either time. Right. That's that's the other thing. And you know, both those matchups are third time matchups. You know, and so like that's that always throws a wrench in, especially because like. The Steelers, as you pointed out, weren't trying last week, and the Browns were. So, you know, you've got this whole set of plays that you just saw and, you know, a whole scheme that you just saw. And I think that that certainly benefits the Steelers, even without having their players out there. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that I I guess I, I think the Rams probably, but it's, you know, if Stefanski is coaching, I think he makes that big of a difference for them, that if Stefanski is there, that the Browns, I, I would say that line should be like three. Um, but you know, without him, it just changes the whole thing. So, and that being said, like, I don't really see either of those teams having a lot of success moving forward anyway. So who's the team that's playing this weekend that you think has the best chance? If you had to put a hundred dollars on a future for one of these teams to win the Super Bowl, who would it be? Ravens. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I completely, it's for all the reasons we discussed. They're just, they're hot at the right time. Now they, they could easily falter. But the the way that they're built, the secondary getting healthy, Lamar Jackson just starting to look unstoppable again, Mark Andrews being a you know a legit target. You you even seen Des Bryant catch a couple touchdowns and start to come mm-hmm. back to life a little bit. They don't yeah. have a great receiving core, but Hollywood Brown finally looks like a legit player these last few weeks, um, and the run game's great. You know, I, I just I think that uh, if they can pull it all together, they can get through Tennessee with relative ease. Uh, and going to next week, they can make things interesting in these playoffs. In the NFC, I, I, I mean, I, I think the Bills are interesting. I just don't think they can beat Kansas City. I think the Ravens are built better to do that. In the NFC, yeah. I think if Seattle gets hot, if Tampa Bay gets hot, uh, those two teams can make some noise. I just don't see anybody beating Green Bay, and I'm not saying that to pander. I, I legitimately think with that offense, it doesn't matter how good a uh, defense is they they're going to beat that defense and it, I think the Buccaneers game this year was a fluke and that one was just so off the wall weird I would I would mm. actually love to see that rematch so Aaron Rodgers can get his revenge and just kind of put a stamp on this MVP season I would I mean I you're right I like the and to beat the, to beat Tom Brady too at the same time say. he's never obviously never played Brady in the playoffs he's only played him twice ever heads up and so I would love to see that just from that perspective, but as a Packer fan, like that's clearly the scariest matchup that you could have. I, I mean, I I agree that that was kind of a fluke, but it would be fun. And I think like, if you look at, if we kind of like game it out and we assume most of the favorites win, it's looking like it's going to be probably chiefs versus Ravens and bills versus Steelers in the AFC. And then Packers bucks and, either Packers Rams or Packers Bucks and then Saints against either the Seahawks or Bucks. So those are those are some awesome games. Those are really electric. Like all four of those games would be tough to call. So all right, here's here's one I have for you. Chiefs or the field in the AFC? Chiefs. Chiefs, okay. 
but it's not it's not a layup. I I, I legit mm-hmm. think Baltimore and Buffalo could beat them. Buffalo's just playing so well. Baltimore and Buffalo, yeah, that would be tough. And and they don't. I mean, the running game has never really been their 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 thing. But uh, it, it, I don't. Edwards Elaire it's still up in the air whether or not he's going to be out there and be healthy. And Le'Veon Bell looked like a shell of a running back uh, when he got his chance. So I, they certainly don't have faith in him. And you know, I they've shown this year that they're they're beatable. Uh, and I just I think the Ravens match up really well um, because of that mobility at the quarterback position. Yeah. Totally agree. So, sorry, I was just wanting to get those. I love the playoffs. I think that they're, it's just so, it's hard to know, but like, and no one knows who's playing who next round, you know? So it's not like the NBA or something where you can kind of like game out what's going to happen the next few rounds automatically. Like this is, it's completely wild, especially with just one team with the bye. So, and that's such a big advantage here, especially for the Chiefs to not have to play the Bills, I guess, like, I'd rather play the Steelers and the Ravens, though. So if that's how it plays out, this, the Chiefs might have a very, very difficult road going forward. You love the playoffs. I'm like, what are the playoffs? I never heard of it. <laughs> playoffs. Oh, yeah, Tomorrow. playoffs again. Yeah, here we go. Um, <laughs> all right, let's – real quick, a little bonus, bonus coverage here. We want to just quickly touch on the championship game in the college football playoff. Uh, you know, we saw Ohio State Clemson battle of, you know, most likely the, the top two picks in the NFL draft coming up, which I know you like to nerd out on. But we've got another battle of two top potential first round picks here with uh, Ohio State and Alabama at the quarterback position. What do you think of Justin Fields? I mean, obviously, I think that the way that game started, we expected and then Ohio State just ran away with it. They still come in as huge underdogs on Bovada, eight point underdogs against Alabama. Obviously, Alabama, you know. All the pieces are in place. They get the Heisman now uh, as well. 75 points is a huge number here. Walk me through how you think this one's going to play out in, in just a, a COVID-ravaged, weird college football season. I just, you you kept a close eye on college football. I, I was the most removed I've ever been from it, but this matchup still does intrigue me. Yeah, I was pretty removed from it too. It's hard not to, especially in the Big Ten, because like we're in Big Ten country and you know, like grew up in it and, and – so much of it got canceled and so many rules had to be broken. And, you know, it, it's just, it's Ohio State got their way. They got their way and they won. And so they could kind of made it look like a smart move, but also, you know, not necessarily fair. So I think it's a weird season also because like Devonte Smith obviously wins the Heisman and deservedly so probably, but like, if it's a full season, then he definitely wouldn't win it. Like I'll just come out and say it right now, even if he kept up that pace, you know that, you know, over 12 games, Trevor Lawrence or some other quarterback would have emerged. And I'm glad he won team. it, though. I, I, like I, seeing a, I like seeing a receiver. Or a, like, it's just every year it's the best quarterback in the country wins it. It's I'm, I, I like seeing those, you know, random, you know, Desmond Howard the one year, like, you know, Charlie, yeah. Charles Woodson, uh, you know, Peter Warwick, I think. No, Peter Warwick did never won one. No, I don't think so. But, yeah, you get the random. I got you, the random. Charlie Ward? Um, Charlie Horton, also quarterback. But yeah, they're, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they're, but you know, they're like, I, I'm glad that a receiver won it, but I think it just highlights the flukiness of the season, you know, in that like it had it been a longer set of games, I don't think that he would have won it. And again, this year was just so weird because the best team didn't have a great quarterback. I don't think Mac Jones is that guy. So um, do you think he'll go in the first round? I've been seeing mocks where he goes in like the top 20. Mac Jones? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about it last week with Fields, but, like, I, I think that um, 
so much hangs on one guy, like one game for him, you know, like it, like if he has a great game against Ohio state, I don't see how he falls out of the first round, but if he looks, eh, you know, whatever, then he's going to be a third round pick like every other Alabama quarterback ever. I feel like. So never been good. Yeah, exactly. And although Ohio state hasn't exactly had a banner series of quarterbacks either, but fields because of what he did, to me, he is no questions asked the number two pick. I know that Zach Wilson's a, a favorite of many, but um, and I, I think that he's got some an electric arm. But just, I mean, when Fields does that against Clemson, I don't care who they have on the field. Like that's that's gonna that's gonna be enough for me to believe that he can be a really good quarterback with the right coaches. So, and I think that you know, I think he's gonna have another really good game this game. Like I think Alabama you know, because their offense is just so insanely good. It just sort of like you assume that they're Alabama, their defense is good, but they haven't, their defense hasn't had to do anything. So I think that this Ohio state team is going to test them from what I've seen. And um, I love Ohio state to cover this. I think they could win it outright. Um, And I, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be head total is crazy high. And that that's fun for people who aren't necessarily huge college football fans. You just love to see two teams that you never really get an opportunity to see at the end of a college football season. <laughs> Finally, two, the little two guy. completely unfamiliar, <laughs> non-household names. You love it. Uh, college football is real good, obviously. It for is. That reason. It's just like, terrible. Yeah. I like but, seeing in the coastal Carolinas of the world. Yeah, I want to throw one of them a bone instead of Notre Dame become the sacrificial lamb and get their ass kicked by Alabama like they do every other year. I mean, come on. Agreed. College football was, yeah, largely. I mean, at least, at least, at least the two largest fan bases in the country got what they wanted because everybody else, I, I don't think, really cares how this goes. Yeah, including myself. I agree. I want a good game, but yeah. yeah. And luckily, that full circle, like the NFL playoffs, are are going to be very electric, and I think overcome whatever boredom that you might have with college football this weekend. Can I get an amen? Amen. I love it. All right. That is wild card weekend uh, encapsulated by yours truly. And, and my boy on here, we will be back for the divisional round of the playoffs. We'll recap what happened this weekend. Uh, anything you wanted to add on before we let our listeners get to wild card weekend. Just enjoy the playoffs. And this is honestly one of my favorite weekends of the year. Six games this week, this year too, is is just so fun. So do your brackets, bet on these games. It's fun because we're going to lose football for a long time here soon. Amen. I love it. All right, everybody, we are coming to close here. Our time on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour has come to an end. We will see you next week. (laughs) 